Well, I'm delighted to say I'm back in the headquarters um, with Chief Constable Serena Kennedy, and I'm delighted that uh, I've got some time uh, with the Chief Constable to find out what's going on with the police force. We love to do this every so often. We're in a new building. It is magnificent. They can't get the heating right yet, though. It's a bit hot. Whew, I am in a bikini. Anyway, the Chief Constable is with us. Thank you for talking to me. It's great to see you again, Pete. I've got to start with Kirby. I've got to start with Kirby because people will expect me to mention Kirby. What happened? What was it about? And is there an outcome yet? Well, you know, incidents have been reported to Merseyside Police during the week uh, leading up to the events of Friday night at the uh, the Suites Hotel, uh, which we were dealing with. And there was, you know, strong feeling um, in the community and nationally around what had happened. So we were aware that there was going to be a, a protest at the Suites uh, Hotel in Knowsley. Um, so we had um, a right-wing group there and a left-wing group there. And our role uh, in policing is never to make judgment on what people are protesting about. Our role is to facilitate peaceful protest. And that's what that was. It was started off as a peaceful protest. We'd got intelligence about the number of people that were going to be there. Um, we had enough resources there for the intelligence, based on the intelligence that we were aware of, you know, on social media um, and the way in which we gather our intelligence. And suddenly there was a real swell of people joined that protest. And in fact, the majority of people who were there uh, to protest peacefully, um, we escorted uh, very quickly away from that location because they themselves were frightened. They had attended there because they wanted to make a point and they wanted to be heard. What they hadn't wanted to do is engage on uh, violence and absolute criminality. That's what that, that was on that evening. Let me ask you, what was the problem about? So there was there's obviously asylum seekers at the hotel um, at uh, at the suites, and there was also been an incident that had been reported, and a criminal investigation was under underway, and there was people had differing views around asylum seekers residing in our communities, and that's what they absolutely are. They are those asylum seekers living in that hotel are part of our community, and it's important that we recognise that the majority of people in, in in Merseyside welcome the asylum seekers into our community and they absolutely do not deserve to witness the events that they, they witnessed on that night. Likewise, my staff do not deserve the treatment they received on that evening. As a result of that, you know, we've had 15 people arrested. We've already had one person plead guilty at court uh, to violent disorder um, from that evening. But people know from seeing the media coverage, Merseyside Police lost a van on that night. So there is an impact on terms of the service we are able to deliver to the communities of Merseyside moving forward because we've got to replace that vehicle. There was an impact to the communities of Merseyside on that night because we had to draft additional resources in. So when people were calling for our services, we were having to deal with that incident. So people were impacted. We also have had to put in place an investigation team now because I want to make sure that wherever we can identify somebody responsible for that criminal behaviour, that we take them to court. So I've now had to put a team of investigation, investigative officers into being to investigate the events of that Friday night, which means I've had to draft officers from other investigations in Merseyside. It's absolutely not acceptable, that behaviour. It has a long-term impact here in Merseyside in terms of what we are doing. Um, 
but I won't tolerate it and I'll send a really strong message out by making sure that we put those offenders before the court like we have this week. And what makes me cross about it, uh, Serena, which makes me really cross, is the videos that were going out and the, uh, the, the press that we saw, it was like the Toxteth riots and the press, sadly, made a meal of it. We are in a great place, Liverpool. We're going to talk about the Eurovision. We'll talk about the new stadium. We'll talk about how phenomenal we've got Aintree Racecourse coming up with the Grand National. It's sad, isn't it, as well? I think the point you make there about the communities of Merseyside, Merseyside is a fantastic region and let's not forget that the majority of people supported um, the local community of Knowsley. They supported the asylum seekers. They supported uh, Merseyside Police and our partners in terms of the action that you know action that we took on that night. We've had some really good feedback. You know, we got um, uh, a box of biscuits sent in to me here at headquarters to say thank you for the actions of the staff on that night. It was an anonymous card sent in, but just thank you in for the officers of those, for that support. And I made sure those biscuits got over to the um, over to the officers at Nosley Police Station. And things like that go a long way to, to, to make the officers feel valued. We had some feedback from a um, from a charity who was actually working with the asylum seekers at the hotel on that night to say how fantastically the officers did despite the provocation and despite what they were dealing with in terms of you know missiles being thrown at them violence and abuse being hurled at them they still managed to demonstrate care and compassion for the asylum seekers who were residing at the hotel and the people who work at the hotel. And I just think, you know, I was so proud of my officers in terms of getting that feedback around that balance. On the one hand, you're dealing with that violence um, and, and needing to deal with that whilst, whilst not forgetting that actually there is people there who are probably are probably running away and the reason they're in our country is because they've come from violent scenes like that. So I'm really pleased that the officers managed to get that balance right. Here's an interesting question, I think, uh, for the public in particular. What happens in a situation like you've lost a van? Is it, do you have to fight an insurance claim or what actually happens? Is it like we do when cars are stolen or burnt out? So yeah, Merseyside Police has an insurance policy. Uh, our access is probably, is, our access is um, <laughs> rather larger than um, than our own, your own standard personal car insurance. But yes, we will, we will work our way through in terms of, in terms of dealing, dealing with that. Um, I'm not sure, you know, our access, I'm not sure our access will cover it. It's public money that has been yep. wasted. Total public money. Remember that. But uh, there's a mindless group out there that just love having anarchy about, you know, and it makes me angry. Talking about that, social media, uh, we we are friends, so you know that I'm very against social media. It's got some good points. It's got some bad points. A lot of bad points. One thing that's starting to annoy me now, we're starting to see people challenging police with a camera. On and saying, I, it's, why are you filming here? It's my right to be there. It, it must be, social media must be, it's a helpful tool, but it also must be causing problems. It's that balance, isn't it? I think social media has real positives in terms of we use social media a lot for us to be able to engage with our communities and we have a variety of different social media that we use in in terms of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're even trialling TikTok, which is, you know, um, one one for us to consider carefully so that we can engage with our younger younger community. So I think it does have, have real positives. It also has real challenges in terms of, as you say, for the offices in terms of phone, phones being thrust in their in, in their faces. 
But we have you know, we use our body worn footage as well. So the officers, when they're dealing with incidents, and we are able often able to negate any allegations being made because of the use of body worn video. And I think that probably one of the number one challenges facing policing at this moment in time is trust and confidence you know in our communities so it's really important that we do use our body worn footage so that we can demonstrate that you know the majority of officers are there carrying out their their duties legitimately efficiently and effectively but it is sad that's more expense that they have to have those body cams which must cost a lot of money I think the body cams have been a really useful investment uh, for officers and for our victims as well. We are often able to use our body-worn footage um, as evidence uh, to, 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 to take people to court. So I think, I think the body-worn uh, videos, actually, whilst they are an expense, are a real positive. Demonstrates legitimacy to our community openness and honesty you know we use them with our independent advisory groups for stop searches so our independent advisory group randomly select stop search forms that they come in they view the forms they view what our officers have written on the forms and then they watch the body worn footage to check that what the officers have written on the forms corresponds with the um the, the stop search to check that that has that stop search has been carried out procedurally correctly and also to just give some generic feedback. If it's positive feedback, we give it directly to the officers. If there's some developmental feedback, the line manager sits with the officer and points out where they need they need to improve. But also it's enabled us to change our training and our feedback. For me, that demonstrates to our communities uh, that we are open, honest, we are being transparent. We invite people to come onto the panels. Body-worn video all feeds into that legitimacy piece and building trust and confidence in our community. Tell me, is political correctness making a policeman's job a policewoman and a policeman well a police done, person? Well done, Oof, <laughs> Nearly got a slap with the wet letters then. Um, has it made the job harder? I think it's really important that, that policing recognises and we are here to police the needs of all of our communities. Um, and I know there's, there's this phrase around um, anti-woke it's not until we actually attend an incident that we know with what we're dealing with. So we will never, you know, we will always, um, we will police and provide a service irrespective of, of, of fear or favour. So w whatever your ethnicity, gender, sexuality, faith, religion, Merseyside Police will absolutely provide that service to you. Um, and, and we need to attend the incident so we understand what we're dealing with. But you're getting new phrases every day. We've got to have to change all the time. I'm from the old school and I would use words that you cannot and are not acceptable anymore. So it is adding to the police's job. I think it's around making, educating um, and making sure our officers have got that awareness. You know, there's been the, the, the issue around, around hate incidents. Um, and our, my role as Chief Constable is to make sure that the officers are dealing with things in line with legislation, in line with policy and in line with process. So yes, over the last 12 months there have been changes in the way in which uh, hate incidents are classified and what we have done is made sure our officers have got the skills and the knowledge to deal with those incidents. There's been two huge cases in the paper uh, recently which has just been amazing what has happened and horrendous what has happened the arrest and charges uh, uh, over Ellie Edwards and Ashley Dale which were two huge cases weren't they where were we up to with that 
So, real challenge for Merseyside Police over the past 12 months. You know, we've had five firearms-enabled homicides. We've got the trial ongoing in Manchester at the moment for the murder of Olivia, um, which I won't talk about because that is, um, you know, a trial ongoing at this moment in time. But we have also, um, through the investigation work, identified and charged people and have got trials later this year for the murders of Ellie Edwards, so that's in June, and also for the murder of Ashley Dale. Hugely tragic for their for their family and friends, hugely significant for the communities of, of Merseyside, but I've been really proud of the way um, the communities of Merseyside and the partners and the work done by Merseyside Police. In terms of identifying um, people and charging people and bringing them before the court but also the way in which we've demonstrated because let's face it these made national news um, and it could have been a, a real negative news story for Merseyside but I think what we demonstrated was the strength of feeling here in Merseyside and that we absolutely will, will not tolerate um, you know firearms and serious and organised crime on the streets of Merseyside so it's a terrible time for Merseyside but I think we have turned it into a positive. I'm in my late 70s now. I was in the catering industry when I was young. I carried knives around with me because that was my trade. I carried them in a pack. I couldn't think in a trillion years of using a knife on a person. I do not understand it. I can't get my head round it. And I know the public will say, well, the police should do more. I think that's a stupid thing to say. I think the parents should do more to find out what's going on. What is the situation with knife crime? I think it's the responsibility of, of everybody in relation to tackling uh, the issue of, of knife crime. So I agree with you, Pete. Um, it is the responsibility of parents, but let's not forget, not everybody has um, that, that the relationship with parents or even are living with parents. So it's also the responsibility of all the partners to educate young people, parents and carers about the dangers of knife crime. Now, through the work that we do with partners, especially around the Violence Reduction Partnership, that is exactly what we do. We, we educate young people about the dangers of carrying knives. We engage with young people if they find themselves subject of having been stabbed. We have people who work in hospitals and we get that engagement in straight away. As soon after the doctor has been to see them and sorted them out, we've got navigators who are not police officers who are engaging with those young people, identifying that they are at risk of either becoming a victim again or becoming the offender to try and put them back on a pathway and steer them away for crime. We also do that with, with offenders. So it's trying to identify those young people who are, you know, to use a phrase, we almost sheep dip young people across the board. So educate everybody in school to raise the awareness. But they're where we identify young people who are at risk of carrying knives, becoming offenders, becoming victims. We then have programmes that we can put these young people into. And it's, it's, it really is having a positive impact, Pete. Our, our figures in terms of young people um, presenting at A&E with knife injuries is reducing. Have you any idea why they carry knives? Uh, because they want to feel safe, because they want to, you know, because they want themselves want to feel safe is often what we what we get um, what we get told. Because um, they do want to carry out retribution, so it's it's it, it's normally either a feeling of safety yeah. or a feeling of, of wanting to actually go and carry out, and because they've fallen out with somebody. Um, where are you up to with your figures these days, as in uh, police people that you have? So. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're doing very well. Police officers and police staff, Pete. Um, so it's a really positive position for Merseyside Police. So we've talked previously around Operation Uplift, which was um, the commitment by the government that they would increase policing nationally by, by 20,000. So at the end of this month, because that, that three-year period is coming to an end, Merseyside Police will have recruited an additional 665 officers. So that takes us back to the levels of officers that we saw in about 2011, 2012. We lost about 1,100 officers uh, during austerity. So we're still not back to those numbers that we enjoyed in 2011, in, in 2010, 2011, but really positive. Uh, in terms of we we will have recruited um, all of all of our, our allocation for operational uplift. So in terms of the difference that's making to the the communities of Merseyside, we have a lot more. We have invested those staff into frontline roles, into neighbourhood policing, into response off, response teams. We have not put them into back office teams. So their visibility is very evident on on the streets the streets of Merseyside, and that's having a positive impact on performance you know merseyside is recognized as one of the best performing forces in the country we and that's not just me saying that i would say that i'm the chief i recognize that but that's because we've got that grading from hmic frs in terms of in terms of the rhmic report last year and we're currently going through inspection at this moment in time and it's going positively and likewise in terms of you know our arrests our number of positive outcomes it's a positive, improving picture because of those additional officers. And do people want to be police officers? Yeah, we, we are not struggling to recruit. We still have, uh, you know, we still are, uh, um, have a, a more applications than we can than we can give jobs to, and we offer a number of we offer a number of ways for people to join us. So we um, we offer the police degree apprenticeship which i think is an absolutely fantastic opportunity for young people so they can come and join us at 18 they can do three years of training with us in conjunction with liverpool john moore's university and at the end of it they get a degree they do not need to have a degree to join us and they actually we are the only force in the country that does not ask for a levels or a btech qualification because i recognize if we say that you need an a level or a btech level three we are cutting off the a career of being a police officer to a massive part massive amount of uh, members of our community in merseyside so you can come and do that qualification you only need to have maths and english gcse level four in new money and to the rest of us a grade c you can join us after you've got a degree and do what's called a diploma with us but we are also now for, for this year we are also um doing a an entry route where people actually just do a, a basic training program with us they still need a maths and english gcse they don't get a degree qualification at the end of it so we've got a number of different ways uh, in which people can join us it's interesting you say that people are queuing up basically to become police officers how much damage has the dreadful things that's been going on in london with the way people perceive the police force and can I always say, and I always say, I should say, can I always say that I always defend the police? Yes, there's bad police, there's bad people in every single walk of life, but there's many, many thousands that are doing a great job and they must feel it terribly. So has that not stopped people coming in? Um, I suppose I'd, I can't comment on whether it's stopped people coming in because I've not met that, that people. As I said earlier, 
I think one of the number one things that policing is dealing with at the moment, the number one challenges and therefore number one priorities is trust and confidence in policing. And yes, um, the big cases that have happened in the Metropolitan Police impact on people's trust and confidence here on Merseyside. But that's not me saying as Chief of Merseyside that everything is okay here, because it's not. We know we have got uh, challenges here in, in Merseyside Police, but I am absolutely committed to dealing with those um, dealing with those issues and meeting those challenges head on. I am very clear to the organisation that I absolutely will not tolerate that criminal behaviour, all those behaviours, that exclusionary behaviour and language here in Merseyside. We've invested really heavily in what we're calling our leadership strategy, so we call it Leadership and Me, um, and it's around us taking responsibility for our own behaviours, making sure that we address exclusion, making sure that we demonstrate care and compassion to each other. We also have launched a, a campaign called Call It Out. So if you see that behaviour happening, you have responsibility to first of all, call it out, challenge it yourself. If you don't feel happy challenging it yourself, then we have confidential uh, reporting lines where people can report it and we absolutely will, will, will investigate it. So I am really clear that I will not tolerate that behaviour internally within the organisation, but I also won't tolerate it with members of our community um, because, I've, because my priority is around building trust and confidence in the communities and making sure that Merseyside Police is reflective of those communities we serve. I would say to our communities, it is a minority. You know, we saw the figures being released this week around police perpetrated uh, domestic abuse. The number of cases we are investigated, we've investigated over the, na the last 12 months is 0.5% of all of our organisation. So yes, there are cases in Merseyside Police, but we are absolutely dealing with it and it is a small minority. And the majority of officers are absolutely sickened, horrified and fed up when those big cases get reported in the media or indeed when they happened here locally because we are a very proud police force we often get commented on when i get visitors to the force they always go oh my goodness your officers are so proud to work for merseyside police and i always think it links back to that scouse proud scouse pride um and i don't want anything to, do to kind of rep ruin that trust and confidence in our relationship with our community. In uh, the, the case of training to be uh, a police person, do, do you have more training or different training now because of so much crime on social media? And we've talked about this before because social media, uh, you know, you've got these intricate goings on and hate crime and everything. Does it have to be a different training for police now? Yeah, absolutely. The training is continually changed uh, and updated to reflect the changes in legislation, the changes in policy, the changes in pro uh, in process. So, uh, so the things I've spoken about, you know, the police race action plan, which is about improving policing for black communities, all the work we're doing around violence against women and girls, all those changes now form part of not only our training for our new officers, but also training for our our existing officers and staff, because there's no point just training our officers and staff when they start within the organisation. We need to make sure that everybody is up to date and refreshed throughout. So officers and staff have regular CPD. Now, some of that might be online, and that's not their favourite thing, doing online training, I know, uh, but we also have in-person training as well. We've got 
a mega time coming up. We've got the Grand National. We've got a new stadium which is being built so fast. We've got the Eurovision. There are going to be millions coming to Liverpool. Surely this is going to be a huge headache for you with staffing. Yes, it's a huge headache, but it's a fantastic opportunity for us to showcase the region uh, and showcase on a on a national and international stage um, the brilliance of of our region. And it's a great opportunity for Merseyside Police to engage uh, and work with partners and also that community engagement part element of Merseyside Police. You know, what I want to do is as as visitors to the city, you know, when they leave the city and they leave the region to go back and recognise that British policing is the best in the world because that's Merseyside Police's responsibility because of so many international visitors that they are representing British policing but actually that police officers here in Merseyside are also the best in the country and the best in the world. It's going to still be a huge job, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, impact on staff. Um, we, we are having to cancel rest days, restrict leave periods. Um, so all of we've got a really busy of busy summer of events the region is always busy in terms of events uh, but eurovision is clearly you know huge 55,000 60,000 people descending so yes it will have an impact on staff staff will uh, say lose well they won't lose rest days but they'll have rest days cancelled and leave will be be restricted during that period tell me when uh, football teams go abroad uh, sometimes the police go um, to guide and watch out for people are anybody any people coming in from europe because of the eurovision so we've got a dedicated team now working with the bbc and working with liverpool city council to make sure that we've got an appropriate plan in place and part of the getting ready has been offices going visiting um um, location the location for the eurovision last year and also that that liaison with other international police forces that's interesting about that. Can you imagine how busy it's going to be? Because it is going to be bigger than capital culture. It's going to be... It, it, it's, it's a monster, isn't it? Monster has negative connotations. No, monsters. Oh, no, sorry. It's a nice monster. It's a nice monster. Um, it's, it's a giant walking through yeah, town. And, that, and that's, But that's it. You know, we as a region are good at dealing with the big events. You know, like you said, the, the, the giants, the tall ships, when we have the homecomings... Probably just upset a lot of Everton fans there, <laughs> um, but the big events like that, they we do they we do them well, we do them fantastically. We showcase the region, we showcase the city in a brilliant light. So yes, it's going to be incredibly busy. I think it is going to be like the Giants for a full. Well, you know, it's it's a, it's a Two six. Weeks? Well, yeah, but even before yeah, that, yeah. you know, it's a six weeks kind of six weeks out, and that's what we're planning planning for. But the team uh, are working really hard as part of the wider partnership team to make sure that everybody has a really brilliant experience. I'm glad you mentioned the homecomings. I remember queuing and watching and waiting, and then the team went past, and I've got to complain. The um, uh, the, the flares went off. I saw nothing. It was smoke. <laughs> Where do they get those flares from? Oh, you buy them? Uh, no idea. <laughs> oh, but if we find people with them, then we won't be tolerating yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that I've learned over the years, and I'm a lot older than you, there's always been a suspicion with the police, always. And there always will be. And now is a time where, because of social media, it could cause a lot of problems for the police force. How do you work on winning that trust back? 
Oh, there's so many, there's so many different, you know, ways in which um, we work with our communities to try and build those relationships, build trust and confidence. It's around having a really strong, you know, the first bit is about having a really strong investment in neighbourhood policing. And we, Merseyside Police has always invested in neighbourhood policing. We have never not had uh, neighbourhood policing, you know, Sir John Murphy before Andy Cook and then Andy Cook and then, you know, myself. It's something that is absolutely critical. And a key part of that is community engagement. We have dedicated community engagement staff. We have dedicated Safer Schools officers. around building those relationships then the work of our of our corporate comms team in terms of the way in which we communicate externally if all we ever did was talk about the bad news the, the things that happen in in merseyside then people would have a very negative view of or could have a negative view of the region but we talk really positively about everything we do both when an investigation and an incident's happened but also all the all the good stuff that we do with our young people, with our communities, to celebrate what we do with partners and with our communities. You mentioned partners, a very important thing. We've spoken about it before and I'll keep talking about it. We, the public, are partners as well and are essential. Let's mention that and Crime Stoppers. Yeah, absolutely. The you know, for our strategy is community first. We put the communities first in everything we do. Um, and it's really important that we have the, that relationship with the communities. And I've mentioned trust and confidence a number of times. I know that if our communities do not have trust and confidence in Merseyside Police, they will not support us and they will not help us when we need them. And that, you know, on the big investigations, on the little investigations, that's when we need, we need our relationship with our communities. And our relationship with Crime Stoppers is critical to that as well. If people don't have confidence to ring us themselves directly, obviously they can always go through Crime Stoppers. You can do Crime Stoppers online now. You can still ring the Crime Stoppers number to rip, to give us information and intelligence. And we have a great working relationship here with Crime Stoppers, and they are well supported by the communities of Merseyside. And it's not owned by the police. Absolutely not owned by the police, and there is no way at all for us ever to find out who has reported something to Crime Stoppers. It is completely anonymous and confidential. Even if we wanted to find out who had made that call, we simply cannot. To finish off, um, your message to the public again. Um, Are we in a good place? Are we in a bad place? What? We are in a really good place. I've talked about in terms of our number of officers and staff, that's increasing. Really uh, Really positive picture. Graded as one of the best performing forces in the country. I think we're the best performing force in the country and I get loads of positive feedback when our staff go on mutual aid. I get members of the public writing to me from from when we went to send officers to the Commonwealth Games, when we when we sent officers down for the uh, the Jubilee celebrations and then the very sad passing of Her Majesty the Queen how well Merseyside Police, how professional we are, how much care and compassion. My priority is to make sure that we deliver that service here on Merseyside. But when I'm getting members of communities from outside of Merseyside saying how brilliant we are, I know we're in a good place. Chief Constable, you're a lovely person to talk to. I hope you're not going to abuse your position to get a ticket for the Eurovision. And uh, thank you. Thanks, Pete. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. Why not subscribe? You know it's free. 
So join us and tell your friends. It's great going on walks and doing whatever you want to do and then putting P-Price on. We've got a back catalogue of over 100 interviews. Join us. Subscribe. It's free.